Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side. Here with Cat and Paul. I'm Brian Cat, NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. The Miami Dolphins play the Buffalo Bills this weekend in week two of the regular season at Hard Rock Stadium. The Dolphins are coming off a 21 to 11 loss against the Patriots. The Bills, a very convincing 27 to 17 win over the Jets. It wasn't as close as it, as it once looked. We're joined by Nick Woten, a contributor here from USA Today's The Bills Wire. Follow him at Nick underscore Woten and at The Bills Wire podcast. And they're also coming out as well with a podcast for the Buffalo Bills called The Bills Wire as well. Nick, thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Love joining you guys. So let's take a look here at, at The Bills and what they did last week. I mean, you know, a lot of people thought that Buffalo would kind of have that hangover after that loss to the Texans in the playoff game last year. Not the case. They they get off to a 21 to nothing lead against the Jets, lean on them for the rest of the game. So, you know, they in, in a season like this where, you know, you've you've got the pandemic and, you know, you 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 return quarterback Josh Allen off our head coach, Sean McDermott, offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. So attitude has to be pretty high for Buffalo heading into week two. Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, it, it, it's the continuity in Buffalo uh, was probably knowing the Bills, uh, knowing Sean McDermott, knowing he's one of those guys who likes to tout, you know, the process, the culture and this and that. And, uh, that really actually wrung pretty loudly in this pandemic offseason. Um, the Bills had, uh, I believe it was ESPN, or at least one of the outlets I saw, uh, in terms of stacking up teams in the entire NFL, their continuity across the board, who had the most returning players in the entire league. Uh, considering the pandemic, the Bills, they had the most continuity between the, their entire roster. Um, and then I think they broke it down between offense and defense. And the offense in particular was number one in the NFL in terms of snaps returning from last season. And that's that's really paid dividends, it looked like, against the New York Jets. I mean, um, they, 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 they're a good thing in, up in New York, you know, I don't like to, to – you guys look at Sam Darnold too, of course. I don't like to close the door completely on him, uh, even three years in, because, I mean, man, that, the, the lack of help that that guy's gotten has been brutal. But speaking of which, um, he's not on the same page as his new receivers. That His offensive line, four of the five guys are new starters there, so you almost feel bad for him going up against the, the uh, top three defense with four or five new, new starters in the offensive line because the Bills were just no team pressured a quarterback more uh, in the league in week one than the Bills. Um, 27 to 17, it, it, it was the only 
big play of the day for the Jets was uh, Tremaine Edmonds. We'll probably get to this, I'm sure, the, the injury that he suffered. He was hurt trying to tackle Jameson Crowder, and then he went 69 yards for a touchdown. Other than that, the Jets were just stuck in the mud all day. And Between two missed field goals from a rookie and one errant pass by Josh Allen, this really could have been 40, 40 plus some to 17 or less uh, in this one. It really wasn't even close to your point, Brian. Yeah, it's, you know, it. they, like I said, they leaned on him for the rest of the game. And yeah, you had the big touchdown by Jamison Crowder where he broke a tackle and went the distance. But other than that, the Bills certainly controlled that game. So Stefan Diggs, eight catches for 86 yards in the contest against the Jets. And that was kind of what I expected too, because, I mean, this is not somebody who's going to catch, you know, 90 passes for, you know, 1,500 yards, but it's pretty consistent with what the bills can probably expect throughout the rest of the year. You know, if, if, if he's somebody that catches 90 to hundred balls for 1100 to 1200 yards, that's probably what the bills are looking for. Yeah, no, exactly. Now on the head right there. Uh, a lot of folks were expecting Stefan Diggs. really um, taking the, almost the low hanging fruit on this one. You know, you got uh, Josh Allen, his, his, touted attribute of course is his arm strength um and i i think the biggest knock on him uh, in com- combination with that is his lack of accuracy with the long arm so the thought was okay we're gonna get stuff on digs he's one of those guys he's only six foot tall in terms of you know you think of the big body go up and get a kind of receiver he's only six foot but he goes up and he gets the ball and that was, that's one of his best traits but instead what we really got from uh, Stefan Diggs was uh, uh, his route trues really on display week one. Uh, he went into some dirty areas to get some catches, took a couple bumps. Uh, he, he never missed any snaps or anything like that. Got up slow maybe once, took a knock, hung onto the ball. Caught uh, eight of nine targets, uh, like you said there. Um, that 86 yards he had led the Bills uh, in receiving on the day, so the Buffalo is certainly not going to be mad about that. But on top of that, what Diggs is probably not going to be mad about is he had eight catches in the game last year and the entire his entire final season with the Vikings. He did not surpass seven catches in a game all year. So, of course, he's been kind of hush about why he didn't, you know, work out in Minnesota or what was going on there. We really don't know, <laughs> but that, that's a good start for him, right? I mean, he had more catches in his debut with his new team than his, than his entire last season in any game with his old team. So I think everyone on both sides between Diggs and the Bills was happy with that one. Yeah, and on the other side, they've got John Brown. I mean, this is somebody that uh, with Arizona back in 2015 with Carson Palmer had 1,000 yards, and he was Baltimore's leading receiver in, I believe, 2017. Then he comes to the Bills last year, has 1,000-plus yards, and and now this year. This is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league, and they also – signed Cole Beasley to play the slot last offseason, and they drafted Dawson Knox out of the University of Mississippi. So it seems to me, uh, Nick, that w- when you look at this Bills offense, they, in terms of their personnel, they keep it pretty simple, but they have a very good offensive line. They have Josh Allen, who's who's played well here over the last year, year and a half, and they're they're spreading those options out pretty wide to take advantage of those one-on-one matchups. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, the Bills actually last year they ran. Um, they didn't 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 do four wide receivers really at all last year. It was kind of just unheard of for them um, because beyond you mentioned those top three, Cole Beasley, they didn't really have anyone that they could trust. Um, and then you know if John Brown goes down, it was kind of a, a mishmash of 
who the heck's going to go out there and catch passes. Of course, that, by comparison, was a heck of a lot better than 2018 when it was like Zay Jones is running around out there, and I think he's still with the Raiders right now. That's kind of where the Bills' playmaking options were in 2018 and Kelvin Benjamin, too. Um, but now, against the, the Jets in the season opener is what I was getting to. is, uh, And I'm, I'm really interested to see where the Bills attack the Dolphins considering they're highly improved, highly invested in secondary, because the Bills on half of their offensive snaps ran four wide receiver sets. And you think with Buffalo, the running running heavy team they've been over the last how long? I mean, Josh Allen, 300 yards for the first time, passing in a game in regulation for a Bills quarterback since 2014. And, I mean, come on, this is the NFL in 2020. It's been a long time since they've had a 300-yard regulation passer. But yeah, they have mm-hmm. four wide receivers out there. Uh, for half of their offensive staff, their fourth guy is Gabriel Davis, a guy, a guy from down in uh, UCF, I believe. Um, uh, so some folks down there might might have heard of him. And, uh, yeah, it just the Bills really spread him out. And, and, and that was – honestly, it was the – almost the first time, like I said, in a long time that the Bills have looked like a modern-day offense with, with Josh Allen setting a career high in you know, yards, completions with 33, and his completion percentage I think was around 71, 72. So uh, a modern-day offense in Buffalo. I can't believe I just said it myself. Yeah, and uh, Gabe Davis is a name to watch for everybody because uh, he played 43 snaps with the Bills last week, uh, even though he didn't catch more than a couple of passes somebody to certainly keep an eye out for he's probably somebody the bills are looking to slip into the game plan on the defensive side of the ball you know it it seems like a common theme in the AFC East other than the Jets is you know the Dolphins stacked up uh, at defensive back the Patriots are stacked up at defensive back but the Bills are as well the Bills have some established players here cornerback Tredavious White, as well as safeties Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. So how how do you see the Bills being able to control this game, and what do you think they have to do on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, The number one thing, uh, you know, chatting early in the week here, um, the number one thing the Bills have to do to contain the Dolphins is get healthy because, uh, as I kind of prefaced there before, uh, uh, the the injuries uh, the Bills have right now, so they're very deep all around the roster, but the injuries they have are at their weakest position in terms of depth, and that's both Matt Milano, who I think is one of the most underrated linebackers in the league, maybe one of the best in coverage. Uh, he went down with a hamstring injury. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds went down. Uh, he, he had a shoulder injury. Uh, there's kind of a little post-game peak in there. They, you know, they show the the locker room. You know, when when the team wins, you know, Brian Flores, they'll show him pumping up the guys. You know, hey, yeah, we just won. They showed that with the Bills and Sean McDermott and Shermaine Edmonds was behind him and did, was, didn't have any sling on or anything, so his shoulder seems okay at least. So if the Bills at least have one of those, those guys, uh, it's going to be really big for them because uh, I I don't know how they're going to defend Miami backfield. So really, the, the secondary might have to step up. You know, come inside cover your tight ends, cover your running backs, cover everyone because, uh, you know, I, I know that the Dolphins have been hit by some opt-outs with their wide receiver room. Uh, I read that they kind of didn't get the greatest separation there for our old friend Ryan Fitzpatrick last week against yep. the Patriots. So the, the secondary, uh, the, bet, the best way for them to, to, to top the Dolphins is the secondary really has to step up and, and kind of maybe, you know, come out of their comfort zones. And uh, I know you got Mike Yosaki there, uh, new look backfield. So I think we might see some cornerbacks and maybe safeties come down to help up those guys because, I mean, Bills had Terrell Dodson, a former former UDFA uh, from last year, come in for Tremaine Edmonds. A.J. Klein 
veteran, but kind of looked like he was he was no Matt Milano out there. So uh, that's going to be the most interesting thing throughout the week for the, on the Bills' perspective is getting those starting linebackers out there. Yeah, I saw that uh, Edmonds and, and Milano were a little bit iffy for this week, and we're recording this on Tuesday. So uh, don't hold it against Nick if uh, we get to Thursday when we post this, and uh, it's it's not quite the same. So, but uh, on the defensive side of the ball too, uh, one player that that a lot of Dolphins fans were angry that we didn't take early in the second round was AJ Epineza, and he was not active. For last week for the Bills, do you have any insight on as to why? Um, it, it was pretty peculiar. So it was what the Bills, how they kind of explained it. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm still kind of considering it almost a worrisome type thing because uh, Epinesa was a guy that some thought that he was going to be a first rounder, which is you know probably why Miami fans wanted him. Uh, that's why Bills fans were happy to have him because they got him in the second round uh, after kind of a so-so combine. I think it was that kind of caused him to drop, but. <laughs> Instead of starting him, the Bills do have some solid depth on the defensive line, and I get there was no preseason, but they kind of pretty much said that, hey, we are going to play second-year pro and former seventh-round pick Harold Johnson Jr. over uh, A.J. Epinesa. Um, you know, the Bills do have, again, that depth there at defensive end. Uh, Jerry Hughes, longest-tenured Bill, you guys know him well. Um, then we added Mario Addison, and Trent, and Trent Murphy have, have, has been there himself, but uh, – Edison and Murphy both had sacks last week. So those top three guys had a good good game. But, I mean, if you're going to just rotate, get Daryl Johnson a couple snaps here or there, um, why couldn't Epinesa do that? Because during training camp, they were counting, kind of touting him, like, hey, he played inside, he played outside. You know, they try to make their guys versatile on the defensive line and all over the place. There's also Quentin Jefferson to consider. I know he's another – the former Seahawk is kind of a guy that can hop all over the defensive line. So I, I don't know. The insight is that I, I get that they want to – you know, just put him in there slowly, but uh, how slow do you want? He's their he's their top pick, and I personally don't think it was a good look to, to you know, make the guy inactive on, on opening day. If you're going to give mm-hmm. – uh, he's a second-round pick. You can't trust him with a couple snaps here or there. I mean, uh, but, hey, the Bills do yeah. have the depth there at minimum. Yeah, uh, Daryl Johnson was a, a seventh-round pick last year out of North Carolina A&T, 6'6", 253 pounds, so kind of fits that same – Size profile is Epineza. Um, I'm yeah, I'm too a little surprised that he didn't get some active and some looks there at the defensive tackle spot. But then again, the Bills are good enough on the defensive defensive side of the ball anyway. Last year they were second overall in total yards allowed, third overall in points allowed. So, you know, really, there's somebody that when you take it from year to year. Uh, and you return the same defensive coordinator in Leslie Frazier, some a, a defense that certainly plays well from a, a week-to-week basis. So, Nick, what do you think the Bills have to do to win this game? Uh, I think the one thing that they really have to do, uh, underlying factor here, I mean, we started off the conversation, Brian, with uh, Josh Allen, and, you know, deservedly so. He had a good game, but um, – two things they have to avoid turnovers i mean the one thing that's getting a like a little i guess annoying is the word little thorn in the side type situation with uh, Allen. two lost fumbles i mean come on man you know they kind of again you know uh not to criticize the coaching staff even though i'm pretty good at doing it sometimes i think <laughs> maybe too good for my own uh well-being but um you know they said oh Allen didn't take you know we didn't have a full off season he didn't he didn't have his full go of it but just kind of i 
ironic to say since the quarterbacks wear nothing but a red jersey all throughout the summer and never get hit. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about there. But uh, yeah, okay. Allen's gonna have a full off season. Uh, but you, you, man, if you're gonna run the ball and you're gonna do this read option on the ground, you gotta you gotta hang on to the ball. He had two fumbles, two lost fumbles against the Jets last season. He basically started uh, 15 games. Week 17, they had nothing to gain, nothing to lose. In the postseason, Matt Barkley played 95% of the game. So in 15 quote unquote games that he played. Uh, he had 14 fumbles last year, so he's on pace already for a fumble per game in his last 16, which is not great. But the Bills, more importantly, I'm I'm very curious to see how this Dolphins secondary comes into the picture uh, against the Bills. Uh, really, a lot of good playmakers on both sides of the ball there when when those two units are out. Um, because uh, the, the Bills have to establish the run game. I'm actually Josh Allen. He, he, he's had a thing for leading the Bills in, in, in rushing. Uh, he did again last week, 57 yards, 14 carries. Devin Singletary, their third-round pick, Zach Moss. They got him with Devin Singletary. Singletary, you know, promising rookie season. He had... He only had 30 rushing yards. Um, both of our, you know, former uh, former all-time great running backs that both Bills and Dolphins have had over the last few years, Frank Gore. Uh, you know, everyone blamed him last year. He's too old. He can't, you know, he can't uh, can't get get it done anymore. Well, Zach Moss was supposed to be the new Frank Gore, and he had nine carries and 11 yards. So, if, if that doesn't, that's not going to cut it. And I'm more definitely more worried. Josh Allen leaning on his arm against this Dolphins secondary than I was against the Jets because, I mean, let's be frank, the Jets are the Jets right now, and that's a tire fire that we're all loving on both sides of this podcast. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and one thing about the Jets, too, is for as bad as they are, one thing they've they've been good at uh, since the beginning of last year was run defense, one of the best in the league. So it doesn't surprise me that Zach Moss had, what, nine carries for 11 yards and, and Devin Singletary – had nine carries for something. Overall, I think they combined for eight carries for about 40 yards. Doesn't yeah, surprise yeah. me all that much because the, all they can do is control things in the gap. Um, but it, it, and Josh Allen's a weird situation there because you, you said he had, what, 14, 12, 14 fumbles in the last 14 games, but he only has three interceptions in the last 14 games too. Yeah, yeah. See, that's I kind of wrote, you know, shameless plug here at Billswear dot com. <laughs> I actually just oh, go wrote for this it. morning. Uh, maybe we have some reason for optimism here with Josh Allen and getting this fumble situation uh, uh, checked out because as a rookie, you know, as they go with the rookie quarterbacks, interceptions are typically a problem. It was a problem in his rookie year. He had twelve interceptions as a rookie, but last year he only had nine total. Um, seven of those, I believe, came in his first five games of the year. He had two interceptions thrown against the Patriots week five, I believe, last year. Uh, just wrote this that, you know, all, like something at that point just clicked in his head that said, I got to stop throwing the dang ball to the other team. And, and and I'm hoping that, I think the way I worded it was, I hope he goes down that same well before going down to Miami or going down to South Beach because uh, he's really got to figure out how to hang on to this fumbling problem. But to his credit, he did figure out the interception thing at least. So maybe we maybe we have some precedent there that he can figure out how to fix things. Yeah, and he's an interesting quarterback because he he's kind of hard to figure out. I mean, he he has great athleticism. He's somebody that in those the last fourteen games as well has over five hundred rushing yards. Uh, but he also has a low completion percentage, about so fifty nine percent completion percentage over the last fourteen games as well. Nineteen passing touchdowns, three interceptions. But, you know, you, you get to a game like last game against the Jets and the Bills are up 21 to nothing. And he has two uh, passes, one that was almost picked off when, when the 
Bills were up 21 to 10 and another one where he just airmailed it to Josh Brown. He had two fumbles. He's a hard guy to figure out because he's an unbelievable talent. But overall, at the end of the day, I do think that the pros outweigh the cons, at least right now for Josh Allen. For right now, yeah, I'll give it to him. He's still, you know, it's it, it's such a weird thing. You know, you, you it's like a love-hate relationship with this fifth-year option because the Bills are going to head into this offseason and have to decide if they're going to pick up that fifth-year tab on, on Allen. And, you know, I think Jermaine Edmonds, you know, he's their other first-round pick from 2018. I think he's basically already got his locked up. So it's coming around the corner that where, where the uh, where the Bills are eventually going to have to uh, take a look at. Do we tab Josh Allen here? And it's like, you know, we're only one game in the 2020 season, but that third year for quarterbacks, for every position, but quarterbacks is so pivotal where it's like, uh, it, it makes you nervous with this guy sometimes. But uh, I think certainly I, I, there's, I think, a much better, more pros, like you said, to to keeping Allen around, letting him develop more, because he always was kind of dubbed this long-term type of, you know, prospect. No one thought he's going to come in the league and light it on fire. Um but really, other than Lamar Jackson, none of these, uh, as you guys know, none of these 2018 quarterbacks uh, uh, have uh, uh, ascended to superstar level yet. But, um, you know, at least Josh Rosen is, you know, he's with Tampa now, right? He's still in Florida. Yeah, yeah, he's with Tampa, unfortunately. That that did not work oh. out well. And uh, <laughs> Rosen was taking three picks after Josh Allen in the 2018 draft. You know, yeah. it's, I, I, I'll, from my point of view, when I look at Josh Allen, I think the what the Bills see is what they're going to get, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, uh, if if the Bills can win this game and go to two and zero, next game they they play at home against the Rams, and then uh, the following week they play against the Raiders uh, in, in Las Vegas, you may be talking about a three and one four and zero start, and that becomes a different type of situation. So that's why this game for both teams is very interesting because the Dolphins, if they fall to 0-2, the season starts spiraling out of control, where if the, the Bills go to 2-0, and things start to really look up as far as the rest of the season, especially in the AFC East, where things are finally up for grams, grabs with uh, Tom Brady out of the division. So what is your prediction, Nick, for this game? Um, I, I think I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. Um, and, and to your point, uh, I think it's going to be a huge step if the Bills can take the W in this one. Um, later on in the year, the Bills schedule, uh, again, you know, Rams, Raiders, and I think they have the Titans after that. Those are some winnable games early. Later on in the year, the the, the Bills, you know, they, they play the AFC West. They got the NFC West, it, you know, divisional uh, setups going. Those are some tough a lot more tough tough quarterbacks a lot a lot tougher defenses and the lining up against them uh so the bills have to get these early season wins and um you know at the the talk of the talk of the podcast talk of the interview here has been josh allen and regardless of his inconsistencies regardless of his up and down play his brief NFL career thus far, he's kind of really brought it against the Dolphins. Let's see, the Dolphins have been his divisional team that he's he, he's looked at, you know, straight over, straight in the eye over the over the the line of scrimmage and just you know really handed it to them. Uh, I, I I think they I think it was against the Dolphins that Charles Clay, uh, you know, a couple of years ago now 2018 that heave at the end of the game that he probably should have caught that was kind of ugly. Yeah, that that, that was our only win. So so don't take that one from us here. There, other than that. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, uh, the Bills are uh, the Bills are Josh Allen is three and one against the Dolphins, with the only loss being that Charles Clay drop. 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah and he, he even played good that game. I thought Allen played pretty – is the inconsistent rookie that he was even more so than he is now. He's just had good games against the Dolphins. And, hey, we're not complaining up here in Western New York about that. So Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll even go a step further. Uh, over four games – the last four games of Josh Allen's career against the Dolphins and the only four that he's played, he's got a 61% completion percentage, uh, 913 passing yards, but more importantly, 318 rushing yards in four games against the Dolphins. So yeah. uh, it, you're talking about overall 13, 13 touchdowns and three interceptions uh, against them. And more importantly for the Bills, 32.8 points per game and a three-and-one record. So he, he certainly – and that's what I don't get here in Miami is why Dolphins, a lot of Dolphins fans think Josh Allen is some sort of inferior quarterback. I don't get it. Like I. I understand other teams thinking that I understand other people thinking that, but not dolphins fans because this guy has torn up the dolphins over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I, d- I don't know what it is. He, this guy loves, he loves playing, uh, loves playing Miami. He must love the, I don't know. Uh, he must hate your helmets or something. And he wants you to go back to the old logo. He hates the color turquoise, something he hates about <laughs> dolphins that he, he, he just, he just brings his a game and, you know, we love to see that. And it's, and it's almost been like the, the flip. It always seemed like every time I tuned in, you know, I'm going back to memory lane here. But, you know, I'd see a couple of good Ryan Tannehill, uh, Tannehill games here and there. But he just always seemed to bring his worst football against the Bills for some reason. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's been like this, these weird uh, quarterback dilemmas between these two teams. That Thankfully, have been the, the, the Bills half, you know, not, not to say. I think the Bills, again, to your initial question here, we're going down the quarterback wormhole, of course, as football always goes. But, you know, I think the Bills will, will handle their business in this one but uh yeah the, the quarterback play has certainly been a factor between these two uh afc's afc's rivals excuse me over the past couple uh couple years here so nick you've got the bills winning this game to put you on the spot if you had to put a score to it what do you think the score is going to be hmm, i'll give you know the 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 Jets did get some points that uh, I didn't see them getting, so I'm not going to say that the Bills are going to post a shutout or anything. Um, uh, again, I'm a little nervous about this Miami secondary, but um, you know maybe 28-14 area, something there. Um, maybe the Bills surpass 30 in this one, just because, uh, like I said, Josh Allen. Um, hey, he he hates you guys. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he sure does. I, I'm going to go with 30 to 21 uh, for the Bills. Uh, for the reasons you said there, I mean, the, the, Josh Allen's had a lot of success against the Dolphins and uh, on uh, the Dolphins off- offensive side of the ball. Ryan Fitzpatrick has, you know, he's coming off a three interception game. Not all those interceptions were his fault. Uh, and you guys know Ryan Fitzpatrick, too. He can he's got to throw the ball for grabs a lot. And I think that doesn't quite work against the secondary. I mean, the Dolphins in Buffalo had the game pretty well in hand late in the third quarter. Um, but then they they had some turnovers. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a pick to Tredavious White, and Tredavious White also had a uh, a, a strip there of, of uh, Preston Williams that made the difference in the game. And then the Bills won convincingly in Miami later in the year. So I'm going to go 30 to 21 uh, Buffalo Bills in this game. That's going to do it for our breakdown of the Bills Dolphins matchup. Here we're joined by Nick Woten from the USA Today. You can follow him, Nick underscore Woten. That's W-O-J-T-O-N. And you can follow his podcast as well. Be sure to go uh, on any social media outlet there and, and 
download that podcast for the Bills Wire as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.